Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call to join Allworth's Money Matters. Call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McLean. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Glad you're here with us. It's funny, Pat and I were just chatting. By the way, this is a financial program, both myself and my co-host. We're both financial advisors. And um, we take calls from people like yourself. Yeah. And I actually love take. We love the calls that come into the my um, favorite part. Yeah. Mine too. Just because. Uh, other than sometimes talking with you. So, okay. <laughs> Pat and I were chatting before. Just be, Oftentimes we'll have these conversations. We're in the studio before the show. And we'll have a, like, well, let's have this conversation on the air. Because we it's sometimes we're learning from each other and. Yeah, yeah. formulate our own opinions as we're having conversations. And so I thought you'd be... Anyway, we were chatting about municipalities, cities, counties, states, with the raising the higher interest costs today on borrowing money. Yes. Like the federal government, the interest on our debt is much higher now than it was. It's, it's actually, it's a pretty significant uh, portion of the budget. The thing about the federal government, they could just print more money, they get Congress and the president to agree on a package, they sign it off, and the debt ceiling gets raised, and they keep printing more money, right? And, but states and municipalities don't have that luxury. And in fact, they have another headwind, right? So all of a sudden, the cost of money goes up, right? And so these bonds are actually, they roll over, they're coming due, they sometimes refinance it. They have projects, they refinance it. It's actually quite common in certain states where uh, they'll receive settlements from something like the tobacco. And what they did is they issued bonds against that income that was coming in for That's years right. and years in order to get at that cash today. Which is which is crazy. Yeah. But what happens is the cost of money goes up. Two things happen. One, it makes it more expensive to actually run your municipality or state. And the second is that if you have pension obligations out to your retirees and your employees, that that actuarial number that you have to actually oh, save yeah. up in that pension, the higher the interest rate, the more money needs to be set aside uh, to, to fund those pensions. And so you see it. You, you Look, there is parts in the marketplace. You go to San Francisco, and that is in a death spiral. It certainly feels that way, doesn't it? It is in a death spiral because all of a sudden businesses have left. So your tax base is leaving. What's left behind is less and less tax base in order to support bigger and bigger problems. And when you've got companies that have and up leaving. and left, yeah, not, office not, towers are... Not just in, like, we could, I could name... Five cities in the United States right now. Chicago is another one, which is like th this stuff. You wonder if this is ever going to repair itself. Is it ever? Will these large cities ever be the same? Well, I, we're going on a completely different path. Understand. Here, but <laughs> understand. But I, the cost of money is one thing. It, how it feeds on itself continual, this continual loop where less resources... Uh, the resources you need are more expensive. A tax base ranks yeah. and it gets yeah. progressively it's, worse until the federal government bails them out. You watch. That's next. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's take some calls. Eight three three ninety nine Worth. We're in California talking with Richard. Richard, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Yes. Good morning. Hi, Richard. Um, my question involves something that's probably fairly unique in that um, my four hundred one k. My, my firm went through, has gone through my career. Uh, with the, I've been with the same organization for 56 years. 56 and, uh, years? Right, yeah. Holy smokes. Started when I was in kindergarten, but never mind. <laughs> um, anyway, to make a long story short, uh, we, we've gone through three organizational uh, acquisitions and mergers. And somewhere in that process, my 401k funds got tied up with something called money purchase funds. Was, was and, this years ago? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, money purchase uh, pension plan. Okay. Right. And so when that happened, it wasn't originally that way. <laughs> and, of course, I'm fully vested in this thing. Uh, but the, the problem I'm facing is, although, um, again, it's unique in that I'm still working, but uh, I am, 
and full time. And uh, as a as a uh, senior consultant, I'm a civil engineer. And uh, make a long story short, uh, as I understand it, and unfortunately the current HR department doesn't know when it happened either. <laughs> but but the information I've gotten is that I either have to die or quit to get any access to the funds. That at my age, let's let's yeah, is, it's a type of is, pension plan. Is um, that um, you know I I can't even I can't I can't borrow on it I can't. I can't move it over to an IRA. Yeah. I can't do anything with it. Because and they're employer just, they're employer funds. They weren't your monies that were put in. And that's the restriction they put on it. So how much money is in the money purchase plan? Two million dollars. And oh. how's it invested? He smokes. It's invested in a normal uh, it, it that part has not been constrained. It's 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 invested uh, through the four one K manager for the company is Merle Lynch. And and it's a directed investment. Uh, I have a directed it, a, investment oh, account. Wow. In other words, I, I have. It's not just the, the alphabet uh, soup of you know picking. Yeah, do you want income from it? How old are you today? Eighty three. And so it's in a. So you have it in a self directed brokerage account window inside of the four hundred one k, which is a money purchase correct. plan inside of that. And are correct? you taking required minimum withdrawals on that? Do they no, require that? I'm, no, because I'm still working. He's still working. They changed the pension. rules. They, it's they, a pension. It used to be that you would have to. Yeah, you don't see like that's why I asked about this, the money purchase. I've been, I don't think I've even. Oh, it's been seen years. These since so, the what's 90s. your question for us? Well, I'm just wondering. Uh, everybody, very few financial advisors that I've ever talked to know anything about it. That's because they've know. been phased out 20 years ago or whatever. But yeah, yeah, and they and so consequently, I'm I'm just looking to see if there's any loopholes at all. And uh, and nobody can even they don't think so, but nobody's given me a definitive answer. So, I mean, one alternative that the company has offered me, they'll say, go ahead and quit and we'll hire you tomorrow. That's, exactly that's what right. I that's that's <clears throat> that would have been my recommendation. But why do you what's the hurry to get at the money? Um, it's just but at, at our age, my wife is about this. We're about the same age that we'd like to do some things with it and. And, um, and consequently, um, um, you know, it's just a, con it's just constraining. I mean, uh, I feel constrained in the sense that I even could take some distribution at my age and, and without, without a concern and I, or I could move it over to, as I said, to an IRA or, uh, but, 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 I'm, but, I'm just, yeah. but, but I don't know if there's, is, is anything to worry about. Do you, you have other monies outside of this money purchase plan? I assume. Yes. How much? Yes, about six hundred thousand. And are okay, you spending so a, any of that? It's a considerable amount there yeah, for a, your savings. Yeah. Are you spending any of the six hundred thousand? A little bit, because we've we've been doing a couple things. We had a we have a bucket list trip we're going to plan for this summer with with uh, some of our our awesome. adult children. Awesome. And uh, that's and a, we're what a great investment at your stage in life. Fantastic. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's funny how they actually show up for all that stuff. <laughs> When, yeah. when, when, when dad's grandpa's the yeah. I'm doing one this guy coming up here and my, my kids are asking if they can bring their girlfriends. I'm like, ah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, um, if you know, if the 600,000 isn't enough, remember you don't lose this at death. You just want access to it. Um, yeah. Well, well, that's right. I, you're right. I'm not going to lose it. I, you're absolutely correct. I'm not. I'm not going to lose it. And eventually, eventually, I will stop working somewhere. Uh, um, well, maybe maybe so, not until you're forced. If you're 83, still working. Because you, you because you have it in the self directed window, you have the same access to any other investments that any IRA would have it. Um, correct. It, it's correct. just a little correct. bit more so, expensive. Here's, they, so here's your, so the longer you go, let's assume let's assume you. Um, you leave it the way it is and you and your wife both pass away on the same day. It goes to your kids. How many sure. beneficiaries do you have? How many children does it going to go to? Uh, it's going to six. There's six children. Okay. So with six, I mean, they got to, they'll have to withdraw it with over a 10 year period, which means, you know, one sixth of $2 million is a much smaller amount to be spread out. So that would make the argument that the longer you keep it tax deferred, probably the better. And what right. what is your income? Um, 
It it well with with of course I'm getting full social we're getting full social security yes. plus my salary plus a small uh, rental income probably around three hundred thousand. And are you kids in a lower tax bracket, or do you suspect these six kids they're going to be all over the board? On average, yeah. are they in a lower tax bracket or higher tax bracket than you? I would think uh, uh, probably three of them are. Two of them are higher, one probably the same, two probably lower. Okay. That's a push. This is a really interesting call. <laughs> this is, that's a push. I'm just thinking. I, uh, I, you know, I, uh, you could quit and they could hire you back and that would actually Here's the downside of doing that. Now you've got required minimum distributions on that's $2 right. million. Dollars, that's right. Yeah, which, a million instantly. Uh, right. right? Which, is, which, is, which is over 100000 Yes, right? it's over yes. probably 55 6%. I would, I would spend, I got to tell you, I'd spend down the $600,000. Is that in IRAs? It, the, it's uh, it's half in in a uh, already taxed in other words free free account yep. and half and half of it's in, in an old IRA. That I would spend down the I, IRA. I'd spend down the IRA. I wouldn't. I'd leave this thing right. I wouldn't worry about it. I would spend okay. down that IRA. And when you in all seriousness, I'd probably move it to cash and use those dollars to for your bucket list. Yes. And okay. and I wouldn't worry about the two million um, in there. I, I just. It, it's if you're six hundred thousand, we're two hundred thousand. Actually, I could make an argument why you should really well, not do it. I mean, I could mm -hmm. make an argument why you should let that thing ride for for as long as you can because of the required minimum distributions. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, obviously, I don't want to be working full time. I do not want to be. Well, working I don't. You that. said that obviously. You're 83, still working full time. So <laughs> I, I'm we not, don't. We I don't, don't know really if we believe you. Yeah, that's right. No, it's, no. It's, um, I, I'd spend down the three. I, I, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly, I bet you this is fairly, I probably in my company, this happened, I, I suspect uh, organization is, has got over multiple tens of thousands of people. And I bet you I'm one of the few people that oh. have extended this long. Most people, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Most people who have got trapped in this have already either retired fully or the unfortunately passed. Right. <laughs> I, I've been doing this over 30 years, um, and I can't remember the last time I actually had a question on uh, money, money purchase. Yeah. Uh, and, and the rules around that are driven by the plan document. Right. Right. So it's all right. based on the plan document. So I would, I'd spend down the 300000 and let this thing ride. And when, once that $300,000 is gone, then I'd revisit it. Yeah. And maybe that's when I retire. And say, yeah. Okay. Or, yes. Yeah, I've been trying to. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I've been trying to nurse both pots and you're right. You can't keep both, you can't do everything and keep both pots nursed. No, so no, I, I would make the argument that, that you should be really happy it's in the money purchase plan and that you're still working. I don't know if, okay. even if you retired, well, if you retired, you'd even the money purchase plan would have required <laughs> yeah, minimum distributions on there. But it's because right, you're right. working and it wasn't too long ago that even while you were working, you had required minimum distributions on these, but those rules have changed. I think it's a perfect right. scenario. I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. I, no, it just makes sure you spend your other money so that you do the things you want to do. Spend it. it don't I, worry about- I know. And a well, big family trip, it probably costs more than you think you're ever going to spend, but you can't take these dollars with you. No. No, I, you're right. You can't put them in your coffin. No, that's right. Well, you can. <laughs> That'd be a little odd. <laughs> yeah. He loved his money so much he was buried with you. King Tut. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and 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 you know and and we were fairly well planned uh, we 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 bought a second to die policy on my wife and I so that the the kids there's there's always even if that entire money disappeared the, there's there is a is it a paid up an, is it a paid up policy or you're making premiums on it no we have to pay premiums on it but but um it it's a um, universal life kind of second to die policy how long ago did you buy it? Oh, it's it's fifteen years ago. I'd look at that. You know what? I, I tell you, I would look at that, and I would actually consider converting that where it had um, some a long term care. How much is uh, the cash value in that? Oh, but by now it should be hundreds of thousands, probably what's a couple hundred thousand. What's the face value? One point three million. You know, the cost I, of insurance is probably pretty it, high. It's pretty that. high. I don't. I uh, and how's your health and your spouse's? Health? Eighty-three still working. It's great. Yeah, it's generally good. I would say good. It's not. You know, obviously, 
83. I would revisit that. Uh, you've got a whole host of things. Of planning <laughs> You're stuff, fascinating. Yeah. I would actually... <laughs> Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, because you bought it 15 years ago is underwritten based upon your health and mortality risks 15 years ago, but you've right. lived. So if, if your health today is better than the average 83-year-old, just the average 83-year-old, right. underwriting a new policy might make sense for you. It might be your internal cost of insurance might be less than what you've got now. That's right. And, and you put a long-term care writer on it as well, which weren't very uh, well known 15 years ago. I'd revisit that. Yep. I would absolutely revisit that. I like the idea. And then uh, um, your estate isn't large enough that we would worry about putting it in an irrevocable life insurance trust. But it would something that right. I would most certainly look at. Now, I'd revisit that life insurance. All right. Give us one more, Richard. You probably got some <laughs> other crazy thing going on there. No, we, we, you're right. We have, we've had a lot. A lot of unique things and a lot of blessings, I guess, too, at the same yeah. time. Look, uh, uh, our advisors, in fact, I was having dinner with one of our advisors, and he said, the more complex the work, the more fun it is, um, the advisor <laughs> was telling me. He said, the more complex, 100%. the more fun. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yours was, yep, you've got some work to do. Appreciate the call, Richard. All right. Thank you very much, Thanks. guys. Good, good information. Thank you. Thank you. Let's talk with Stephen now. Stephen, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hey, good morning, guys. I appreciate your time and, and taking the call. I'm actually calling for my mother-in-law. So my father-in-law passed away about two uh, months ago, and her um, Social Security, she's getting 80% of his, which is about $1,500 a month. Um, she's got a IRA worth about 130000 um, and in that it's comprised of about probably 60,000 of individual stocks, uh, bigger companies like Chevron, Amazon, um, things like that. Um, and then she's got about 400,000, um, net in her, in her house. Um, and she still has a mortgage on it, um, total with taxes and insurance and everything, um, is, is roughly $1,800 a month. So I guess the, uh, the question is, is just a, a confirmation of my thoughts that uh, um, she needs to, to sell the house. And then how old is she? Um, uh, she is 76. What's her health like? It's uh, it's it's not the best. Um, and, you know, who, who knows? She could live for five years or, or 15 years. Right. I, that's that's what makes out. What's, what's the what's the mortgage? Too. What's the house worth? Uh, it's, it's worth about seven hundred. And what's she owe on it? Uh, Two fifty. And does she really want to stay in that house? Is she? She she doesn't. It, it actually has a little ADU on it that she gets about sixteen hundred a month, but that includes the utilities. Um, so she's actually at a net loss per month on the house. Um, and it, it needs, it's got a lot of deferred maintenance. Mm. She really has no interest in being, um, a landlord. Um, and kind of my thinking was that if she could live for, um, free and she could do that, whether if she moved in with us or my brother-in-law, um, we could take that essentially 500,000 and, and she could kind of live off the, the interest, she'd be real conservative investing. Um, she, she doesn't like any, any risk. So, um, and, so, uh, so Stephen, what's her income? Her only source of income is Social Security? Correct. And how much is that a month? Yeah. It, it's about $1,500 uh, a month. And how long has she lived in the house? Uh, almost 20 years. And <laughs> if you, have you had this conversation with her about moving? We have. And She's that, totally good with okay. with moving. Is that? I mean, is will that work with you or with your brother-in-law to, for her to live with it, you? Um, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's an ideal situation for anybody, and and she is worried about being, you know, a burden. But I, I think the way my wife and I feel is that the bigger burden is that if we have to pay, you know, five or six thousand dollars a month if she were to need further care down the road, and she didn't have. You any know, money. In any money to pull from. Um, so we were figuring if we could limit her expenses now, we could conservatively, you know, especially with interest rates coming up a little bit, 
um, kind of invest the money. She could live kind of off the interest and hold on to the principal a little bit until she needed to pull from that money later. Do, do you or your brother-in-law uh, have the ability to build an ADU on your property? <laughs> uh, I think in California, do, you're allowed to build them anywhere now, aren't you? Something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It, it, it would be, it would be just challenging based on the layout of okay. the, of the yeah. property. What about, um, what about selling the house and having to rent somewhere for a while? Get a lease uh, on a, a small house or a condo. Yeah, it's just to try to stay. We're up in Auburn and, and trying to stay. You know, the, the rental for that is still you know seventeen to two thousand a month, um, and it's it's kind of a cash flow problem. You know, the way I, I see it, just because she doesn't have a lot of a lot of income, and we were trying to preserve the um, kind of the bulk of the principal in case she needed further care you know, down the road. And uh, what would a modest home in, in Auburn, California cost a small, modest home that didn't need a ton of repairs? Have you looked at all? Uh, uh, yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know that you could, uh, 400,000 probably. So what if, what if you use a reverse mortgage to purchase a $400,000 home and a reverse mortgage paid the first 200,000, just think, I'm just trying to think of creative ways to make this happen. I know if I were in your situation, I mean, I, my, my mother-in-law was, I couldn't have asked for a better mother-in-law. Truly, she was right. f- phenomenal. Right. But um, I don't know how well it would have worked with her living with me or my just, rea- yeah. just reality. Like, um, Right. I, I get it. There's mother, there's mother daughter dynamics at play oftentimes. The, right? um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I, and you say her health is, you're not quite certain. Well, yeah, we, we, you know, I mean, she smoked for a long time. And um, so it, it, it's not the best. I, I got to tell you, I, I like Scott's idea of leasing a place for a year or two. And, and all you're doing is kicking the can down the road a little bit to see what happens. Yeah, I think I'd do that okay. too, Pat. Just take some earmarks, sell the house, take, I'm take earmarks, some cash. We're going to spend this down over the next couple of years to lease somewhere and, and, see, and see how things progress. Because now she's without her husband. Uh, right. She's not in the greatest health. She might snap back and say, I, life's for the living. I'm going to figure out how to move forward and get my get in good health. And she might slowly deteriorate. Yeah, I, I, I would be just, you know, I, I agree with Scott. The, the dynamic, especially at 76. Um, yeah. Right. And if well, you, she needs, she's already started to need a, a little bit more care. And that kind of falls on my, uh, you know, on, on my wife a little bit, probably more so than my brother-in-law. And so she's kind of she's kind of the opinion. It's almost easier instead of her constantly driving to a place if she can just help her, you know, live it, living with us. And she doesn't want to she doesn't want to cook. She doesn't really want anything. We were kind of looking at like converting the garage into like a little studio apartment. That would that would that would work. The the, the reality is is she probably can't afford to stay in that house. So the options are correct. Yeah. Right. And either she has she has like twenty thousand in a checking account and it needs probably suddenly she needs a new a new yeah right. Yeah it's it's, work. Yeah. She doesn't have much savings. So if you're comfortable moving her in, I think it's a great idea. I think it's a great idea or or at least something real close to the house. So um, and, then, and then as far as, uh, like investing, like my thought would be like, uh, a 20% into, uh, like just the S and P index and then the rest of it. And just kind of, a like an income producing. Yeah, uh, I think that would make sense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'd kind of look at it like, uh, you know, she might be around for another decade or so. Right. So we need to plan. Exactly. And that's the hard part. Right. So know. I'd make sure that you have enough, uh, Money set outside of the stock market or outside of growth investments for five years worth of expenses, because okay. the, the stock market over a five-year period. I mean, the nine, I think it's like ninety-two percent of the time it's positive, something along those lines. Uh, you can run the numbers historically; it doesn't guarantee the future anyway. But there's a high probability that things will be higher five years from now. If you go much shorter right. than that, you don't want to suddenly. It's three years down the road. She needs sl- some other care, and you got you're forced to sell stocks in a down market. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So exactly. a, a bond ladder but, or a bond ETF for I'd or do a couple it, do a ladder, just a, no something way. easy. Something that's this ah, size. Good point. It's pretty pretty small. 
Yeah. Yeah. Bond Land, unless you've got 50 bond, different companies represented in there. Yep. Right. Right. I do an ETF. And, and then sure. it's something that is somewhat liquid because it's all know, liquid. Yeah. Need, yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a good idea. Okay. All right. Yeah. I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Good yeah. luck to you guys. So uh, I have okay. a, uh, uh, Scott, I have a friend that actually um, has built a number of these nursing homes. He doesn't operate them, but he, builds them and then leases them to operators. I found it fascinating. He said the statistic is that it's normally women that go to the nursing homes normally and where they end up is the closest to the oldest daughter in the family is where they, so he said when they look to build nursing homes and communities, they do the demographic studies of where the oldest daughters live and um, whether they can find all this information. So where is the oldest daughter live? And that's where they actually will put these nursing homes. Normally in a, a middle to upper class neighborhood. Taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Yep. Good old financial markets. It's interesting. Um, it's funny. I was thinking, I was at the gym earlier this week, and for whatever reason during my workouts, I started thinking about just the behavioral finance aspect of investing. And I started thinking about in the, my own history with clients and just maybe some of my advice to get them to act a certain way. I mean, I'll give you an example. Like I remember years ago, I had a client, he had a, I'm going to make up the States just so I protect it, but he had a uh, house in Northern California. That was his primary residence. Um, and then he had a house uh, up in uh, Washington area on the water. And he would go up there and fish all summer long. He'd spend all summer there on the uh, fishing. And he called me up one day, and he was always an aggressive investor. Been a client for a number of years, aggressive investor, good working relationship with him. And um, he called me up one day. He says, Scott, I've been doing a lot of research. I want to take half my account and put it in this particular sector. Okay? Not, not an individual stock, but a particular sector. And... The reality is sectors go through their own kind of ups and downs, right? <laughs> they got. <laughs> and the sector he was wanted to pick, obviously, was not the one that had been out of favor for a number of years. It was the one that was the most hot at that period of time. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, and I said to him, I said, well, here's the deal, Bill. I said, we can do that. And if you're right, whatever fishing boats you've got up there in Washington, you can probably trade it for a a nice, much nicer fishing boat. So you can maybe double the value, you know, double your fishing boat. If you're wrong, the fishing boat might have to be gone and the property, your second house might have to be gone as well. Like basically you're saying, this is a, this is a big bet. And if it turns out well, and to put things in perspective, like you've already got like the, the incremental increase Incremental lifestyle return was so minuscule compared to the potential for a, a loss and a degradation of lifestyle, right? So I don't know what kind of boat he had, but going from some boat to no boat is a lot different than going from a 28-foot boat to a 31-foot boat or whatever the case may yeah, be, right? A boat. And losing the house. Like, I mean, like, like the risk was there. Yeah, and so... What you were trying to frame is the investment around the lifestyle. What this actually, the implications of it. If it forget doesn't go the, well. Forget the statement. Forget what it's, it looks like online or whatever, what the value is. Forget that's all it, kind of irrelevant. Like what's, what, what can this possibly yield for you? And what are the downsides if and, things don't and work? And what out? was the outcome? He didn't do anything. He, he's just like, and oh. it was a good thing, frankly, because the sector just, you know, <laughs> sectors. And even look, and there are times when I recommend to clients, like I, do, I wouldn't recommend doing that. I, I disagree. I don't think you should. And then it works out 
really well. I mean, that's possible, right? Yeah. You see it with people with highly concentrated portfolios. People have all their money in their employer stock. And you say, look, I think this is foolish. And they say, okay, uh, you don't. And sometimes when you don't know, you split the difference. It's not completely binary. No, for sure. All right, let's uh, let's do the house call. Yeah. So what is a house call, Scott? It's when we've had uh, someone on before, and then we re- we have a call with them later to see what had actually transpired between the time we had the call and today. And we, um, I used to, as a child, um, I would listen to click and clack. As a child, man, like when I was 13 or 14, what was wrong with me? <laughs> Click and clack. I the, think they still run the, them on the The Tappet brothers that uh, work on automobiles and people would call and ask about automobiles. And you're not an automobile guy. I am not an automobile. And automo- you're not a mechanic at all. That is correct. And then <laughs> I, was, I must have been a bit of a nerd at... Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, how we do it. We play back the call that we took. We took this call back in... Sometime earlier. February. We play back the call from February, and then we have the people that ask the question come back and visit with us and say, what was the outcome? How did you deal with our recommendation, or did you completely ignore it? Um, so let's yeah. listen to the call. And back in February, we spoke to uh, podcast listeners Vince and Samantha. Um, for full disclosure, they were not all worth clients. and are not all worth clients. But they plan to retire in June of 2024. They called with the question. Um, here's a clip from that call. What are your? How much will your pensions be at retirement time? Our pension will be about one hundred forty thousand a year. Between the and, two of you, I'm um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Between the two of you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. It's total. Yeah. And you said you're you'll you will be fifty five on in in June of twenty four, or you are fifty five now. No. Yeah, he'll be fifty five in June of twenty. 24. And you'll be and Samantha, you'll be fifty two. And what do you yeah. ha, what what do you have in your retirement accounts? Your four hundred one k, four fifty seven. Between the two of us, we have about two million. Well, you guys have been and great the, savers. Uh, and yeah. what do you have? What do you have in as far as money outside of retirement accounts? Uh, we have uh, our private investment uh, about five hundred seventy five k. And then we have uh, CDs and savings, and we just recently sold our house. That's about 700 k And then we have a Roth IRA uh, between the two of us for 250 k And you, the 700 doesn't include the proceeds from the house, or it does? That does include the proceeds. And where are you house. living now? In Folsom. No, no but no, I, <laughs> are you renting? <laughs> oh, we're renting. Yes, we're renting. Okay. We're renting and, an apartment. And do you, yes. pl- and do you plan on moving? Yeah, buying a place? Not, not really sure at this point. We uh, just decided just to downsize and uh, move into an apartment just to see where we're going to go from there, whether we continue renting or we purchase a house. And what was the proceeds from the sale of the home? The proceeds of the sale? Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we had, uh, from after the uh, paying the agents and all that, it was 638 Okay. okay, thank you. And was the home paid for? Yes. All right, you guys are good savers. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, yes. And and what was your what's your income today? Uh, total income today is uh, for gross is about two hundred fifty thousand. And you're doing the yeah. maximum into into the retirement plans. Uh, currently, no. Uh, where we dropped it down to about two thousand a month uh, each, so it'd be four thousand total. Uh, we were trying to, at the time is build up some of our um, private investments to carry us through uh, till sixty when we oh. access if we need to access the IRS. Okay, so you you have laid out a host of financial planning opportunities that are just mind-boggling to me. They, my, my head is spinning, and you've made a couple of minor mistakes, but you're great savers. First of all, you're asking me right now whether you should actually take tax-deferred income and make it taxable 
via conversion to a Roth IRA and grow it forward. At the same time, you're at a much higher income now than you were, but you lowered your 401k and 457. So here's what I would do. I would actually look, and you both have the 401k. Let me, let me pop up a little higher before, because okay. you, you, you both participate in Social Security? Or no? Yes. Okay. Yes, so you're both paying 7.65% of, of your pay is going into Social Security. So when you when you factor that out, um, you, your your pension income is not going to be too far off what's been coming through the checkbook now. The, correct, and because of the fact that you're putting money, you were putting money into the four hundred one k or four hundred fifty seven. I assume at the maximum level, um, at one point in time. Uh, yeah, we were before, but then we but, cut back. Yeah, 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 back. I, yeah. I understand, I understand. But you didn't get two million dollars in your in your 401k and 457 by making the minimum contribution That's or even right. $2,000 a month. That's why I knew the answer. To it. I, I, yeah. Here's what yeah. I think I would do. I like the fact you're asking this. And do you guys have kids? Yes, we do. Okay. I, I would, I, the Roth IRA conversion is, yeah, probably you're going to do that there, but let's take advantage between now and June of 2024 and maybe I would actually put the maximum into the 401ks and 457 and and on both sides. And that way you're you're you've actually lowered your taxable income to about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So let, let's talk about wh- why we're OK doing that. And you're worried about this fifty nine and a half thing. And you said emphatically, we're going to move our 401ks and 457s into IRAs when you retire. That may absolutely be the worst decision. And let me tell you why. The 457 is a deferred compensation plan that actually has no restrictions at how you get at the money once once you you retire. retire. By you moving it into an IRA, you have now put restrictions on it till age 59. Now, you might want to take... 1.8 1.8 million of the $2 million and or whatever it. and move it to an IRA. But you'll want to keep some money in uh, either Vince and your, your, if, if your 401k account or Samantha, a 457. And so you can take withdrawals if wanted or needed. And why the 401k for Vince and not for Samantha, Scott? Well, 401k, if you're 55 or older, when you leave service, you have access to it. You don't have to be 55, right? I'm 59 and a half. So, so, what what you're worried about this liquidity event, which is why you actually lowered your contributions to the 401k and 457 for the ages between the date you retire and age 59 and a half. And I'm telling you that that fear should not exist. Um, okay. And so the Roth IRA, we're going to worry about the Roth IRA when we get to the Roth IRA, but your your world is kind of in turmoil right now. So you've got plenty of money and you've got plenty of liquid money, by the way, money that you could get at now. So you have $575,000 in what you call private investment. So I'm going to call it a brokerage. Yeah, index funds. Yeah, basically index funds. Okay, yeah. a brokerage. And you have $700,000 in bank CDs. I don't know. If, and I assume you're using a high yield money market or something along those lines in order to get the most yeah, out of yeah. that. Yes, we are. So the answer to your question that you called about, should we do a Roth conversion in uh, after we retire? Maybe, probably you'd have to actually map what your lifetime income looks like and then figure in required minimum distributions at age 75 for you. Um, But today, today, you need to go back and change your contributions into that 401k and 457. And if I thought I was moving out of the state of California to, let's say, mm, Tennessee, Nevada. um, Texas, Florida. Even low-income tax state, Arizona. Yeah. Right, I would put it all in pre-tax. Yeah, all of it, and I and I do both the four hundred one k and the four fifty sevens. Okay, so that was a clip we heard from uh, Vince and Samantha back in February, and so Vince and Samantha are joining us now. Welcome to the program, you two. Hey, how you how you guys doing today? Good. Hello. Hi. Hello. So. Good. Um, what did you end up doing? Okay, well, we completely ignored it. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, 
Uh, we actually, uh, we did a lot of changes. Um, one of the first things we did probably uh, two days after we listened to the uh, actual call on that weekend, we bumped up our uh, contributions to the 401, 457 to 2350 in each one. So that would be a total of 4,700 uh, a month to the uh uh, 401, 457 each. Okay, 60 grand a year or so? Um, what did you 60 grand a year. Uh, uh, that comes out to be... Uh, a little I, less. But a little, little less. I calculated yeah. it's about 112 uh, a year. Oh, got it. So, so you... So you both have the ability to put money in the 457 and the 401 is K is that correct? Yeah. 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 Pre-tax, okay. Yeah. Pre-tax. Beautiful. Brilliant. Well, now yeah, because we also doing the catch-up provision too. Well, now now we should t- discuss doing the Roth conversion now versus when <laughs> before you take I your pension. <laughs> anyway, tell us what else you did. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, since you when, like 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 <laughs> so well, this program is fun because. We we get to do a little bit of financial planning, but we we only get it, it's typically only a handful of minutes, and you never get quite the full picture. And so, uh, you both have the ability to contribute to four hundred one ks and four fifty sevens, which is unique to municipality employees, state municipality employees of some states. And uh, so, between the two of you, how much is going into your retirement accounts? Between uh, it's between the two of us. Uh, well, like I said I'm putting forty seven hundred. A month into my uh, into the uh, uh, savings. One hundred and ten grand. Samantha is also putting forty seven hundred a month into the savings plan. So your taxable income is now back to because your 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 gross uh, income is roughly two fifty, right? Yeah. So your taxable income is back to about one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. What do you, do you guys plan on staying? You're in California, is that right? Yes, we are. Do you plan on staying in California? Uh, uh, for currently, yes, we have family. We'll be here for a while for sure. Options are always open for the future, though. Have you started? Have you looked at other states or had a discussion about moving? No, we okay. have not okay. looked right. at other okay. states. Okay, never mind. Okay, don't leave just for the taxes unless you unless you need it for your lifestyle. Otherwise, yeah, live where you want to live. I mean, you can, if you save enough money, then you can you have the luxury of choosing those things. So that so you know, in that call, I said we'll worry about the Roth when. We worry about the Roth, which is we were thinking when you retire, but your income will be the same now as it will so be tell in retirement. Us the, they, they said the first thing they've done. Let's go through. What okay. are the other things you've done? Then we'll, okay. then we'll add some more. I'm digging in a little bit too quick. Um, and what else did you do? What else we did? So we uh, from also from your call, from the original call, you guys were suggesting about not moving it all when in a retirement, moving our savings plus into uh, traditional IRA. So we have better. We did agree. Uh, our thought is leaving our 457 along with savings plus, and then moving our 401k to our uh, traditional IRA, and so that would leave about. Three hundred thousand in each of our four fifty-seven, which would give you plenty of flexibility based on what income you choose or choose not to take yes. between fifty-five and fifty-nine and a half. Yes, yes. All right. Yeah, it, so that, good yeah. plan. Sorry. Yes, I agree. That was great. Great plan. Anything else? Uh, yeah. So, um, and uh, one of the um, ideas also is. From our discussions, we're talking about the uh, pensions, you know, bringing that down. And we looked at a couple of options because uh, with the state, you have a you have one option where if uh, if the person in the pension passes away, the spouse gets the same amount, right? Or you have the one where if this uh, it's called a fifty percent one, where if the spouse. Uh, it was living and then under pension, they get a certain amount. It's higher than a hundred percent, but if they die, it drops for the spouse. That's right. And, uh, we're kind of looking at those, but, uh, like, so we're kind of, uh, we like the idea with if the pension stays the same, if one of us passes away, cause then you're not trying to recalculate how to, how much to take out of your, um, savings or anything to compensate for that or, just keep it the same. 
That that that's correct. You can you can so at this is this is a personal choice at this point for you. Because those dollar amounts are all the same if you look at a net present value based on a normal life expectancy and, and for you both have you and your spouse. Financial assets that one like I get uh, someone can make an argument saying, "Look, we're just taking single life only. When if I pass, my spouse gets nothing." Here's why that makes sense because we have all these other assets, blah 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 blah. And someone else can say just like you're stating, I, we like the concept of just having it staying the same. That way we don't have to, if someone passes away, we don't have to worry about changing anything else in our financial lives. The only thing that would change that is if you actually had a medical history right. that made you believe that you had a shorter than normal life expectancy. Yes, okay. That makes sense. Or if you're or in the longer. sky or longer, right? So if you had parents mm-hmm. that lived to be 104, you'd be more inclined um, to take, I can think of a client we had years ago. She, uh, her mother was a hundred and some odd or her grandma was hundred and some odd. Her mother was. And so she wanted, she wanted uh, an annuity that had like a longevity insurance on it. Cause she's like, I, I'm going to live a hundred and some odd and I want to like take advantage of that. So a, a product that was not medically underwritten and, but you won't have times for that. But, but you make that decision as late in the cycle as you possibly can. Okay. Right. So I know you, you're retiring in June of 2024. You can have the discussion today, but you don't know what your health is going to look like on that particular week or month or whatever. So you push that off as long as you possibly can. And I'd be inclined to take the joint in life. If, if everything else remained equal, I would be in your situation. You should probably more inclined to take the joint uh, with full survivor benefits. Yeah. What else we got on the list here? Okay. Yeah, no, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, and, uh, and also in that call, we're talking, you were talking about whether or not to uh, purchase a house or stay in an apartment or condo. We're still in that mode. We still don't know yet. We're just uh, taking our time on that. Um, and, uh, but, but the phone call did make us think that we shouldn't keep thinking about the future, but we also have to think about the here and now. So it was a kind of a good wake up call to know that we need to bump up our 401 and 457. Oh, absolutely. Well, just anytime you have an opportunity to put money in retirement accounts. And so on that note, there's a couple ways to go about things. One is either look at a Roth conversion later in this year. The second is have some of these deposits go in on a Roth basis and not a pre-tax basis, which achieves the same objective, which achieves the same objective. Oh, so o- opening up in the 401 and 457 into a Roth. Yeah. To may actually, you, you guys are on top of all these things. So, uh, I think for you two, if I like, if I were in your situation, I would look latter part of November, look where things are financially, Calculate how much does it make does it make sense to convert to a Roth in calendar year twenty twenty three? That's right, and do it in, in early December, and then do it again um, for next year, latter part of November, early December. Take a look at it. Yeah, but there is some great planning opportunities there for you. Yeah, and so when we said earlier, uh, don't worry about the Roth. Now's the Roth because your income will actually. You know, from what you shared with us, it looks like it's going to uh, remain completely level uh, between your working days with your af- with your contributions to the four hundred one k and four fifty seven and today. I love I love to talking to people like yourself, just because like you've taken you've taken complete ownership of your finances from day one, right? You're, yeah. You you've saved well. You're you've got that financial independence, um, and it just gives you a lot of options in life. And you sacrificed, I know you sacrificed early on in your careers. There were things that you guys chose not to do than you saw your friends and neighbors doing because you wanted to save the money. Right? We tried, yeah. <laughs> well, no, you did more than try. You succeeded. You did. You did a great job. Great so job. congrats to two of you guys. Yep, and just look at the Roth conversion around November, December. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate you guys uh, calling back too. It was a nice chat with you. Hope things work out well. And it's, it's funny, Pat. I was... Um, We've been doing this program 28 years. And part of the reason I like doing it, it's a bit educational for people. 
So I'm just telling you the story. So the other night, uh, my wife and I are at dinner, uh, and we bump into a person, kind of a friend. Like, our kids grew up together. Um, I mean, I don't think I've talked to this guy outside of bumping into him in the stores. I mean, years. But he's a friend. Like, we're kind of chatting. And so he says something effective. Oh, you guys, uh, so you're still doing your... Uh, maybe I think someone else at the table had said, made some mention of our radio program. And he said, oh, you're still doing that? And I said, yeah, 20 I, I said, I, apparently you're not a big fan. I just kind of joke with him. He says... <laughs> I think I got it. Oh. Was his response right? Yeah, I think I got it, Scott. And I and I thought my to myself, like, do you really think that you've know everything you need to know financially? I mean, like Scott. Compare that to this last caller we just had i ask your opinion on my own personal (laughs) financial matters do i not i think i've got it (laughs) but do i not do i not ask you your opinions on some of my own personal financial matters versa yes because even if i thought i got it i might not get (laughs) it i get it if you don't want to listen to the program but it's fine but it was just uh that's interesting it was just his response like like uh well that might just be a little puffery whatever Right. I guess I should have said I wouldn't, didn't take it personal, but I must have thought of it somehow because I'm still remembering it. <laughs> okay. Not that I expect people that... It's funny. I'm sure you're the same. I've had long-term friends, people I know quite well that I see on a frequent basis that if they've ever listened to the program, it's just by accident once or twice well, driving. Yeah. I could care less, frankly. That's right. Actually, sometimes I prefer that than the ones who listen every week and they want to remind me of the that car you had there last time. Like, uh, anyway, we're out of time. It's been um, great being here with you. Look, uh, look. if you'd like to be a guest on our program, you've got a question for us, we'd like to take your call. You can send us an email, questions at moneymatters.com, questions at moneymatters.com, and we'll get you lined up. Also, just throwing out, we've got 100-plus financial advisors in a variety of different markets across the United States. If you'd like to have a consultation with one of our advisors and see if it would make sense to either in person or virtually yeah love, you know, go to um, allworthfinancial.com and you can figure out how to do that there yeah. and if you like this program um, both review us on where you get where you listen to your podcast as well as uh, letting your friends know about it so that's all we ask anyway we certainly appreciate our listeners and oh, yes. appreciate our calls and that's why we do this it's been great being with you enjoy the rest of your week This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.